Hello and welcome to the award-winning MVP, the Master's Voice podcast series from MediaBrief.com. I'm your host and friend, Pawan Archavla, and with me today is my friend and industry veteran, Paritosh Joshi, Principal at Provocateur Advisory. Paritosh, welcome to the episode. Good evening, Pawan. Good to see you, as always. Lovely that you're on the show, Paritosh. But give me a minute or so while I quickly tell my listeners about you. So, Paritosh Joshi, Principal at Provocateur Advisory, has over three decades worth of experience in South Asia's rapidly developing consumer product and services markets. Paritosh says his greatest strength is the sheer diversity of categories, organizational environments and business cycle stages that he has seen and dealt with over this period. Paritosh has been long convinced that some of the best problem-solving in business situations happens when learnings from utterly different environments are brought to bear upon an issue. This is where the pool of anecdotes that he has built becomes invaluable. Across his three-decade career, Paritosh has shown in consumer product and service sales and marketing, business negotiations, team leadership and motivation, goal-setting and budgeting, vision articulation and more. His LinkedIn profile says 30 years of experience and I saw a listing of what some 20 plus jobs listed there. So, rich and varied. The man who brings valuable experience across media, entertainment, business strategy and so much more. Never ever minces his words, is bold and provocative in his thinking and expression ergo provocateur. <laughs> well, what's also important is that as a leader who has been helping empower industry bodies like ASCII and the Media Research Users Council, MRUC, and as someone who's been president and head of sales and distribution at India's top network, the Star Network, Paritosh brings enormous knowledge and insights from his wonderfully rich, vast, and proven experience to this discussion today. So that, my friends, is my friend, Paritosh Joshi. So, Paritosh, welcome once again to this episode of MVP, the Master's Voice podcast on MediaBrief.com, in which we'll speak about the Telecom Regulatory Authority of India, or TRI, and its NTO2, plus the paper TRI brought out recently, calling for inputs, comments from concerned stakeholders and the public. So, Paritosh, let me first congratulate TRI on completing 25 years. See, I don't think TRI has done anything of note for the broadcast sector, but it has completed 25 years in India doing I don't know what, even though it has, in my view, remained interfering in and demonstrably uncaring of the broadcasters, their subsector and industry, while favoring the distributor's fraternity in, in an apparently partisan manner. What's your overall assessment of how TRI has operated as a regulator, Paritosh? Uh I'm actually kind of perplexed by the notion that a regulatory body needs to celebrate an anniversary of any decision. Uh, uh, it's instructive that after more than two decades of being the accidental broadcast regulator, the only place where you find the name broadcast mm. in the Telecom Regulatory Authority of India's official presence mm. is if you were to dig down into their website, mm. right? They have chosen to not include broadcast in their name. Mm. Uh, there are other entities which have chosen to sort of embrace new things as their roles changed. Mm. But TRAI has never become the TBRAI. Mm. It's still the TRAI, which almost by that by that mere fact, mm. candidly acknowledges that this is some kind of a stepney 
uh, or some kind of a carriage mm. that they were you know mm. sort of shanghaied into carrying along but they were not really designed for it and they are still not actually able to do it in any sensible way yeah so paritosh how did the trai land up in this position in the first place i think it will be useful if i quickly share uh, a view on what their history is or uh, paritosh why don't you share that with us uh back in 2003 the then uh, multi system operators association mm. the mso alliance decided to actually go to court in the delhi high court mm. because they believed that the broadcasters uh, mm. at that point in time were consciously or unconsciously subverting the first attempt that we had to do conditional access in india so cas uh, was sought to be done uh in the very early years of this century and cas was a non starter and uh, for a variety of good reasons but the mso alliance actually believed that it was because uh broadcasters for whatever reason wanted to sabotage conditional access in the first place quite frankly india was nowhere close to ready for it at that point in time our footprint was small digitization of that tiny footprint would have made no economic sense so we took our time and then eventually we got there and we got there with das which came uh, more than a decade later and even das took the best part of 7 8 years before it rolled out into every part of the country so uh, they landed up in the job because the delhi high court Uh, could not find anybody mm. uh, at hand mm. who could be tasked with ensuring and overseeing mm. that cas was being rolled up mm. so here's the interesting thing the very first job that the trai was tasked with by a judicial authority the delhi high court they failed in spectacularly cas never happened cas was still born that was why trai was given the job and trai promptly failed at that job Mm. we should have learned from that that experience should have told us that uh, this is what happens when you give a regulator who is not really designed for the purpose absolutely a regulator who is designed for uh, working on a commodity style of product not a highly differentiated style of product which is what broadcasting is all about mm. uh, with uh, something which is utterly alien to their shall we say vocabulary right their regulatory vocabulary Uh, they have always tried at various points in time to force fit the telecom regulatory vocabulary onto broadcast broadcasting sector yeah they failed in that hmm. okay that was the first thing that's the first thing which happened hmm. after that now two decades have gone by and the very early parts of those two decades we had uh, mr pradeep bajal hmm. in the chair of trai hmm. mr pradeep bajal was candid in hmm. saying that what we really needed to protect the interests of the consumer and please listen to this word very important yeah. it's the consumer who matters right it's the upabhokta it's hmm. the final person who actually watches tv at home hmm. and in mr bajal's assessment hmm. no regulation of any intrusive sort would be needed once the consumer's interests were protected and mm. how would those be protected once the last mile was competitive right mm. at the time when trai took charge the last mile was monopolized by a cable operator who worked with maybe one or other msos but the moment that monopoly broke which was with the arrival of dth mm. mr bajal said that all we need is a second player in the dth market and at that point in time mm. we will start practicing forbearance mm. right this is still available on the trai website you can still go and find that consultation paper on the trai website mm. right it was 
I thought that was a brilliant thing. Hmm. I was already in the broadcast sector by that time, hmm. uh, so we used to meet Mr. Bechak, hmm. and his this particular pronouncement hmm. gave a lot of sense of confidence and relief that these guys actually know their job. Hmm. Of course, these uh, <laughs> you know notions were belied very quickly thereafter, because soon after that they started regulating prices of the second package which broadcasters began to offer. By around 2006, uh, broadcasters like Star, broadcasters like Z. already had such large bouquets that you could not bundle everything into one bouquet so they started offering a second bouquet because mm. they knew that the first bouquet had big flagship channels and the second bouquet had smaller more focused mm. you know more niche kind niche of offerings kind of, yeah. and it they wouldn't go to as many consumers as the as the flagship platform would go mm. and immediately from that point onwards this intrusiveness of mm. attempting to regulate not what the consumer was spending Hmm. but the intermediate pricing between the broadcaster and the distributor the hmm. distribution platforms began at that stage so we are talking about 2005 now right, right? yep and from that point onwards effectively the TRAI put its hands up and said we don't know how to protect the interests of the consumer so hmm. we think we'll be able to manage them by managing the transfer price from the broadcaster to the distributor so mm. that the distributor will price it fairly to the consumer mm. now this is naive thinking mm. right and this naivete and progressively it's no longer naivete it is power grab because you know it put them in a position of enormous authority second mm. only to the ministry of information and broadcasting which issues licenses mm. to broadcasters mm. and arguably more than the mib because mm. the tria's engagement with the broadcasters is continuous whereas mm. the mib's engagement is only you know uh, it's momentary mm. and it's episodic in the sense that you need the license once you have the license unless you do something gratuitously wrong mm. you continue to broadcast mm. whereas the tria is overseeing what you're doing with your distribution on a daily basis mm. right so in terms of the power that the tria wields over the broadcasters on an operational level it's a mm. much much potent source mm. of power Mm. than uh, the MIB has mm. so the MIB issues a license then steps yeah, back yeah, and yeah. that's when the TRI takes over and i've seen what has happened over the years mm. what was promised to be forbearance has mm. become more and more and more onerous mm. compliance has become essentially impossible mm. the micromanagement of trying to say this channel this much price flagship channel so much price this percent of price available to be ascribed to this channel you know this much on ala card this much in package it's impossible for anybody to even make sense of triangulating the different bits and bobs hmm. you know you've reached a point where compliance with one thing may very well result in non compliance with something different hmm. because they have tangled themselves you know what is that old english poem oh what a tangled web we weave when first we practice to deceive <laughs> and we are in this tangled web absolutely absolutely now if i were to tell you that okay the inb minister even the prime minister and his entire cabinet is listening to you paritosh what is your 30 second assessment your summary the report card that you have to give about try to that body of people with folded hands i will tell them please read what mr bajal said and please start practicing forbearance because there is no other reasonable way of allowing what should actually be a vibrant and rapidly growing sector 
to reach its full potential mm-hmm. that's all i'd say to them please practice forbearance and on that count and so many others that you just counted out listed out uh, paritosh try has failed miserably that is my summary of what i get from what you said and it's my belief also and it's my considered and informed belief so uh, you know there's one more thing since we are on the subject of try completing 25 years like you said doing what we don't know but paritosh did you notice that you know the prime minister did not mention broadcasters even once in his entire address during the function to celebrate try Jubilee. and in the end giving important guidance to try the prime minister said and i translate verbatim he said you have to not only protect the telecom consumers of india but also promote growth in the world's most attractive telecom market it was all about telecom only not a single reference to broadcasting what does that tell you well for one thing it means to say that whoever wrote the briefing notes was cautious and careful enough to recognize that had he mentioned broadcasting in that it would have been a source of so much soreness mm-hmm. among so many of the people from the industry because they would have turned around and said that the prime minister ought to know better than mention the sector which has been treated so cruel so perhaps he was showing great wisdom mm-hmm. in leaving that thing out of that conversation i thought i, I mean it would be considered political savvy mm-hmm. not to rake up issues which are inconvenient and uncomfortable so you know uh, yeah. i would applaud him for being very sensible and in fact uh, you know i don't think today even the stakeholders that try has always very rapidly favored the distribution platforms you know even they are now miffed with all the kind of you know this muck raking at the bottom of the barrel that nto2 has actually caused for everybody starting with the broadcaster going on to the distributor and then to the poor consumer who's suffering today i mean i used to get 500 channels at home paying about 350 or 400 or even 500 rupees earlier to a tata sky because it was hd dvr and all and i loved the the service but today for that same amount i won't get more than you know 35 40 channels absolutely anyways so paritosh that was tries failure you know it was it was a real uh, poor uh, metal anniversary not silver and now they think they are going towards gold they might be thinking of a 25 year career again in front uh, you know from silver to gold but i don't think the industry the broadcasting industry as in linear broadcasting has more than 15 to 20 years in india or anywhere in the world basically but paritosh the entire space is getting converged Prime Minister was suggesting that you know what Try and the other regulators need to do is to come together and create a converged kind of regulation in a day and age when all media and sectors are converging because technology is interconnecting different sectors. All regulators from multiple sectors, the Prime Minister said, must come together and create a common platform which understands a converged kind of regulation. So, sure. what's your view, Paritosh? Should the regulation of broadcast be taken away from Try so that the sector, which to my mind, as I just said, is only about fifteen to twenty years of a lifespan, it can finally flourish at least once to its greatest potential, once it is free from the oppressively restrictive, mindless, foolish. try regulations you know it should be a table stakes for any regulator hmm. to have an extremely intimate understanding and comprehension of the sector that it regulates hmm. uh, so if you were to look at the insurance regulatory and development authority of india first of all look at the way that they have inserted the word development into that particular regulator's name hmm. that regulator actually took people the people who presided over irda through its first decade and longer 
are people who were you know well honed in the skills of both life and general insurance before they took on the task of being regulators typically the bankers who managed you know shall we say the core of what the reserve bank does are top class central bankers with enormously solid training in in monetary policy extremely sound understanding of fiscal policy very sound understanding of interest rates of currency markets hmm. uh, they have actually had exposure to commercial banking and not just regulatory banking right hmm. so the people who work in the key regulatory bodies hmm. uh, sebi has people who are you know deeply entrenched in uh, equity markets uh, and you know financial markets Hmm. Uh, before they qualified to be people at sebi before they are in the, the sector regulator so it is sort of table stakes to know the business before you run it or before right. you try to oversee it and before you try to regulate it correct now to my mind one of the things which has often been a part of the conversation but never reached any fruition hmm. except in the sense of content regulation where we now do do self regulation right thanks to the initiatives taken by what we now call the IBDF it used to be called the IBF mm. and the NBDA which used to be called the NBA mm. we now have self regulation on content both for news as well as other content right mm. now it has always been a part of the conversation that in much the same way as you do content regulation mm. you should do distribution regulation carriage regulation also through a substantially self regulatory system hmm. let me give you an example the office of communications in the united kingdom is an autonomous body hmm. right it reports actually to the british parliament it does not report to the executive arm of the government hmm. it reports to the legislature right yes. now because of the nature of funding that the tri receives the tri just becomes yet another arm a minist- a ministry arm a a regular arm of the indian executive mm. right what the broadcasters have often offered and it has been in conversation for as long as i have been involved with this industry mm. is give us the opportunity to work sideways mm. across the entire value chain mm. from people who finally deliver the signal at home the local cable operator going all the way up to you know people who do the distribution platforms people who do uh, the trunk carriage services uh people who do the uplinks the satellite players all of them let them all come together let them offer their best minds and let's do this through the self regulatory way hmm. right let the industry be treated as a bunch of grown ups hmm. instead of a bunch of truant children hmm. who need to be school mound all the time hmm. right now it seems as if this has this has never gathered any momentum hmm. and for which i i must say I would also hold uh, participants in this entire value chain responsible. If you have individual conversations, hmm. serious people who are in the DSO business, serious people who run large cable networks, serious people who do satellites, serious people who are in broadcasting, will all tell you in personal conversation that maybe we need to work with the other guys with whom we interact. Right? Hmm. We can sort this out ourselves. Hmm. We should sort it out ourselves. Hmm. This is us. We should solve, and we should solve problems for the consumer. Exactly. We want to ensure that the consumer gets the best possible deal. Right. And the best way of making it happen is for us. You know, I also am now no longer of a view that leave everything completely to market forces and the market will look after itself. 
the reality is when people have an opportunity to extort they do extort they do. yes so do you need regulation yes you do right but you know i serve in the advertising standards council hmm. will people do mischief with their advertising messaging yes they will but hey we can have a self regulatory system which calls them to account which holds them responsible it's mm. a jury of peers mm. Mm. it's hard to say no to a jury of peers yeah absolutely absolutely why is it that that has completely evaporated from mm. our conversation why mm. should we always have to think mm. that you know we live in a nanny state and the nanny must look after us why mm. can't we look after ourselves aren't we grown up enough right so uh, should try then be told no more broadcast regulation for you to the contrary TRAI has a task of doing a sensible handing over what the TRAI should do mm-hmm. and it's the hardest thing to do mm. is appoint its own successor right mm. i was taught by a boss in my very early years of my life that mm. the best thing you can do as a supervisor is to make yourself redundant absolutely which boss his full name is krutiventi anand prasad mm-hmm. and k anand prasad once told me that my job is to make my job irrelevant wonderful wonderful right so let's continue what were you saying so the trai can giving the authority that it has that everybody has to you know look at them with trepidation hmm. let the trai become the crucible hmm. in which we finally start learning to not just coexist which we have done in an uncomfortable way with all the other participants in the play hmm. but actively saying we can co-opt each other and collaborate collaborate with each other to ensure that everybody gets a fair deal and most crucially that the consumer gets a fair deal hmm. and let us set up the mechanisms hmm. under initially the ejs of the good offices or the tri hmm. so i'm not being dismissive i'm saying listen you have the muscle today hmm. right you've got the muscle because you you got the muscle from the court and then after that you built the muscle hmm. all right hmm. now use this to facilitate to you know become the catalyst for doing the next generation of regulation and the next generation of regulation should learn to treat the participants in this value chain as grown ups and then task them with being adult in their behavior with each other right hmm. let the value chain take charge let the trai be the honest mediator the honest intermediary who does not take sides across the entire value chain and let it work hmm. provide its forum provide its platform hmm. to create that next generation of structure i am absolutely certain that you know there was a time uh, if i may take another example when uh, periodically various uh, government authorities would say we will do our own measurement system because we can't trust the industry to do it but guess what the industry of contending forces the agencies the clients and the broadcasters mm. finally made their peace co-opted each other and built bark mm. now you might have differences of opinion about bark mm-hmm. but the fact of the matter is that bark has served its purpose absolutely there are glitches periodically mm. but those glitches are being solved you know people are addressing themselves to them Mm. and bark is also beginning to say hey there is a future like you said mm. maybe linear broadcasting is not the be all and end all of where we are going to be in times to come mm. but bark needs to be future ready for that mm. right everybody who deals with this communication business has to be constantly future ready for a future which is constantly changing right right right, right. for which 
we need to say that let's get the best minds from everywhere right the blind man and the elephant sort of keeps coming to mind in so many situations when you think about india one blind man cannot tell you what the elephant looks like but if the six blind men put their ideas together well you do actually get a terrific description of the elephant anyway let's show some trust man trust yes but trust in what your entire you know your vision and your uh, solution in your mind is so utopian particularly when you consider that this is a body that has blundered was first kicked upstairs when it was born judicially yes right yes to try and give birth to cast but it actually killed the whole thing delivered a stillborn baby yes now that is try for you right for the last 25 years they haven't got their act together every time they come with something blundering and then there's another consultancy paper that comes out consultation paper sorry comes out so what do you think paritosh of tries nto2 and this latest consultation paper it has floated you know give us the summary and even the idiots guide for even the youngest professional in this well case. actually you know the the thing with the ntos first of all you call it new tariff order you've had 20 tariff orders which one are we talking about now just by saying <laughs> it's a new tariff order doesn't change the fact that it is the nth tariff order right yep and by by calling it new you're not mm. fundamentally changing anything you're just saying that i have got one more set of new crazy ideas with somebody mm. cooked up mm. uh, sitting in that office uh, near yeah. ramlila maidan in delhi mm. and now we are going to you know sort of basically ramrod them down your throats right if i may say this very candidly mm. you know i actually uh, tire of the idea that it is worth commenting on the substance of a particular tariff order then mm. i am fundamentally implacably opposed to the very notion of the tariff order mm. another tariff order which creates a whole new set of configurations saying this much for this flagship this much for this major channel this percent for that this percent for the other mm. this is how you will bundle this is how you will offer a la carte mm. you know what you're stirring a toxic pot it doesn't make any difference the toxin inside is the same until you drain it and you mm. say let's start this all over again now to your previous point hmm. can they be trusted with doing anything new you know what i really really do believe that the possibilities of redemption exist for everybody even try all the religious thinkers every religious thinker of every religion has told you that even the worst sinner hmm. can be redeemed right hmm. and their redemption may very well lie in saying we will now birth our successor Mm-hmm. and our successor will be run self regulatorily mm-hmm. at best there will be a secondary or tertiary oversight which may mm-hmm. we may choose to retain with ourselves mm-hmm. but the business is grown up the participants are grown up that fragmentation has diminished there mm-hmm. is a lot of consolidation wisdom also all across the value chain and people now know more they have understood more they understand what the consumer is looking for let's now show that we have the ability to redeem ourselves hmm. by being the parent by hmm. being the hmm. uh, catalyst hmm. for this new self regulatory sort of stage hmm. where we will accept that these people are grown up right like the fcc hmm. accepts that you know these people are grown up or the ofcom accepts that these people are grown up hmm. just learn to accept that we have grown up that we are not childish 
we are not silly we will not do irresponsible things hmm. and of for goodness sake hmm. the trai does not have any economic exposure to the consumer every participant in the value chain does right. it's in the interest of every participant in the value chain to ensure that the consumer remains in this marketplace it's yeah, in absolutely. our interest in the value chain to ensure that mm. consumers do not flee to alternatives mm. right that the consumers don't jettison us because they are like you just said that you tire of buying uh, you know these channels because they are just now outrageously expensive it is like what you wanted to prevent you have actively fo- you know your your foster you fostered an extortionate uh final distribution pipe hmm. and you're now extorting from consumers i mean how does that make any sense whatsoever so partosh how well can any regulator regulate a sector or subsector unless there is strong and accurate data you know at the try silver jubilee my god i keep coming back to that a dreaded day when it was born and then celebrated 25 years thereafter okay the chairman had said that there are 100000 1 lakh local cable operators or lcos in the country and the secretary said there are 80000 lcos that's a 20% variation for god's sake what kind of data do you have how does a body that's been around for 25 years even if you go by a damn guesstimate and why a guesstimate whenever there is an lco he goes he goes to the post office he registers why doesn't that data go into the database in the center somewhere there is nothing that is streamlined the data is not there and then as soon as an lco registers all he has to do is just to apply at the local post office pay 500 bucks and once he or she gets the license two things happen the post office doesn't share the data with any central repository of try and the partisan nature of try's regulation kicks in any lco with a license is covered by an ironclad must provide clause that applies to any broadcaster or mso she or he approaches for services and even if the the lco is a criminal or a known defaulter who just changed the business name he has to start or she has to start receiving the signals what kind of nonsense is this system you know which try a doesn't have numbers about and has been foisting down the throats of broadcasters and even the msos through the lcos who can just come up paying 500 bucks and doing what they want the reality of this hmm. is that progressively uh these little guys whom you are talking about hmm. uh have actually while it is easy to go and get a license in the post office hmm. uh they are not meaningful anymore so you know when you say that there are 100000 or 80000 or any x thousands of people hmm. the final reality on the ground is most of them are economically unviable most of them are looking for an exit and mm. the moment they find a reasonable economic exit by the way mm. even the smallest cable operator now understands the notion of enterprise value and the moment he or she gets something that they find as an attractive valuation they'll exit they just happily surrender and go away but thank god for next digital today an lco sure, can become sure, an mso sure. desh at the top hidden in the sky hindujas yeah. next digital is amazing yeah. i mean for 14 15 lakhs you have your own you don't need the digital head end of Uh, the MSO, they yeah, can do it. There is a shared head end. Yeah, mm. of course they can do it. But yeah. the thing is this: that mm. yeah, yeah, you're right. It can be done. Mm. But the notion that it is as simple as just giving an undifferentiated mm. bundle, which mm. you can deliver into the consumer's home, mm. is actually a complete incomprehension of what broadcast services are meant to be. Right. If you see the quality, I remember not today. I remember 15 years ago 
वॉचिंग स्टार हब इन सिंगापोर एंड सेंग दिस इज वॉट द फ्यूचर ऑफ इंडियन ब्रॉडकास्टिंग डिस्ट्रीब्यूशन सर्विसेज शुड लुक लाइक इवन टूडे वी आर नॉट इवन अ पेल शेडो ऑफ वॉट स्टार हब वॉज डिलीवरिंग इन टू थाउजेंड एंड एट फोर्टीन ईयर्स आफ्टर वॉट स्टार हब वॉज डूइंग right so the notion that all it takes is a head end no 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 hang on hang on hang on ultimately it is the failure of try yet again yeah yeah absolutely to not have been able to come out with not just regulatory but interesting building growth and development kind of regulation that would help everybody come together and pull in the same direction and and if you look at the next digital head end in the sky thing uh, what happens is they allow every even the lowest tier of 300 channels from a cable operator they have eight channels that where they can put their own content and these are small people in the back of beyond right so you will not get absolutely the best in you know digital class back end where they can produce post produce and put their stuff out but the pipeline of platform of content delivery is there alive kicking and it is of a quality which has no problem there is no rain problems there are nothing of the sort that you know dth dies the moment there is rain yeah right so that what? is fine but i'm saying that try did not actually help the entire ecosystem here and and it still isn't doing it it still isn't doing it exactly today what is happening you know mm. you mentioned convergence you mentioned the fact that the prime minister talked about convergence mm. now when you go to international markets when you go to the west if mm. you if you were to be looking at sky for example in the uk mm. today you can switch from the linear service to the on demand service without ever knowing that you did that mm. right the two services are converging at one device and in the uk now you've lost the set top box because the set top box has become a digital tuner in the tv mm, right? right so it's embedded in the tv you don't have to actually have a separate set top box anymore mm. right now the tri i mentioned by the way not now mm. uh, 10 12 years ago tri i said there needs to be interoperability of set top boxes right everything that they have ever asked for has mm. never happened everything right because what they do is so at the time when they ask for it it is so preposterous that it can't happen so it's a litany of failures mm. and i think there has to come a time when you say <laughs> ki bas enough already you know how many d's must a guy get before his cgpi solo that he's not allowed to be in the class but you know honestly honestly i think i think wise heads would prevail yeah. at some point in time and say that listen you know we are not cut out for this mm. somebody shoved it down our throats once upon a time mm. right we tried manfully to do as much as we could with it mm. uh, we will now acknowledge that all that we can do is find those people who can actually do it mm. which is you right you guys so come on in here mm. let's make you sit down together let's mm. get you comfortable and let me answer your point about data right now what you really need is you need high quality industry research for this hmm. right just like we do readership research through an irs just like we do viewership research through a bark hmm. you need to do platform research right hmm. you need to have an industry standard which perhaps well, you know under the aegis of the tri itself saying hmm. let's co-fund it hmm. let all the industry bodies participate in this hmm. let's actually get the data of what the ground really looks like Right, right yeah it's in shared interest to understand what the ground really looks like and nothing like that has been done so far ever ever that's what i'm saying nothing has been done ever 
right so this is kind of infrastructural research it's like knowing how many homes are connected to electricity it's like knowing how many homes have got running water how many homes have uh, sewer services right in much the same way since this is an infrastructural basic service mm. that every consumer should be entitled to and mm. should have access to mm. it is imperative that we actually know like a census of what that ground looks like mm. and i can bet that all you need to do is send the hat around and you'll find the money this is not an expensive project 20 crores yeah. not much more than that you know how much time should it take for a 100 whatever it is 100000 crore industry to find 20 crores send the hat around in the room you'll get the money in no time at all absolute commission research from reliable bodies mm. right and start looking at hard data share the data make it widely available invite academics you know not just domestic invite academics from around the world there are there's a lot of expertise which lies all over the world in what happens with broadcast services what happens with entertainment services right let's get the best minds on the job and with this kind of a uh, hot house of data available mm. everybody who is anybody will want to play a role and weigh in and you know want to analyze and say hey listen this is what we can understand that's what you do when you take the data and open source it and say okay you know if you have the legitimate cred to access this data we'll give you access show us what it can tell you right get many 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 views get a plurality of views and contexts to look at the data mm. and analyze it from all these you know innumerable ways of looking at it because there's so much insight there you know what i have believed for the longest time that you know when you look at you know you talk about leading and lagging indicators of economic development in an economy mm. entertainment services and consumption of entertainment services is a true leading indicator of what's happening underneath right the attitude of the consumer towards spending money on entertainment is a really good mirror of understanding what the consumer sees as her future right are you buoyant about mm. your future or are you despondent about your future yeah. right it's a leading indicator we've never looked at it like that but this is genuinely a leading indicator that you're talking about so it has real economic value right it's not trivial it's not trivial how much leisure time you have it's not trivial what you do with that leisure time it's not trivial how much money you are willing to spend on a cinema ticket and it's not trivial how much money you are willing to spend on watching television right right now this afternoon i purchased a film from google play for 390 rupees i was willing to pay that because i knew that i was not i would have i would have to wait forever before that film ever showed up on a television network in india mm. why will it not show up on a television network in india there's no economic value in it should not a niche broadcaster offer me that film if mm. it was cbo if it was hbo they would have we don't have anything like that kind of a monetizing model for a small niche broadcaster small niche broadcasters in india are saying forget it i'm giving this up and handing it all over to the ott players right the entire notion that we need to have the long tail and we need to have channels which cater to the long tail has been voluntarily abandoned by broadcasters because they are saying there is no money in it i would much rather place this on an ott and make good money out of it right that film if it had been placed on a broadcast platform would have earned them maybe 2 rupees per home from 2 million homes mm. now it will get them 390 rupees per home from 200000 homes right paritosh very very interesting point that now let's look at the consultation paper 
uh, on NTO2 of trial. Let me pick some important points from there, present them to you for your inputs and points you would like to share with Try as your inputs through this podcast episode. So, some key issues or areas. One, should Try continue to prescribe a ceiling price of a channel for inclusion in a bouquet? If yes, it's asked you to suggest the MRP of a television channel. And if no, what strategy should be adopted to ensure the transparency of prices for a consumer? As soon as somebody decides that this is the peak price for that you can charge for a bar of soap, that will be also the day on which you can decide that this is the peak price to charge for a channel. That's what I think of this proposition. Mm. The day that you decide that the maximum you can charge for a bag of detergent, that this is the most that you can charge for a bottle of shampoo, all right, that's the day we'll start figuring out how much you charge for a channel. I will paraphrase that as absolutely irrelevant and stupid. Preposterous. Preposterous. Absolutely preposterous. I mean, how do you impinge upon the freedom to do business of any I think exactly why not. The reason why a shampoo from a fancy all-natural brand is much more expensive than a shampoo which is like at the low end is not that the detergent is different, the detergent is the same. But the ingredients that the high-end shampoo is using are expensive ingredients, right? And if they want to say that I want to offer a premium product for consumers who wish to have those exclusive sort of components in their hair care routine, I have to spend the money. You know, I want to create content which is not cheap to create. I want to create content which is, you know, it's going to take some money to invest. And uh, are you going to say that there is no economic model? That's what it says. That's what it effectively says. Hmm. You know, the simple truth of it Hmm. is that you need horses for courses. You need products which cater to different consumer segments Hmm. uniquely to their unique requirements. The way that any market grows is by progressive refinement, by progressive, you know, more tight targeting and more precise definitions of what the benefit will be. Now, for that to happen, you need to ensure that everybody has an economic model that they can work with. Even a small channel catering only to Nagaland hmm. should be able to make fair money for what it does. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Now, you cannot impose the logic of an Uttar Pradesh channel on a channel which caters to Nagaland, hmm. a channel which caters to the Kodagu population of Kurt. Hmm. Do you or do you not want a channel which caters to the Tulu-speaking people of coastal Karnataka? Hmm. I would argue you do want. Do you not want different products to cater to the different parts of Maharashtra? Vidarbha is a different part of Maharashtra. Khandesh is a different part of Maharashtra. Konkan is a different part of Maharashtra. Their requirements are different. You know, they require news channels. Exactly. All their own, just like they have their newspapers. Do you want to have economic models which will work for them? The only way you can do it is by setting the market free. Now, how do you prevent extortion? Like I said, it's in the self-interest of the value chain to ensure Mm. that nobody extorts, that ultimately the consumer gets a good deal, right? So, make us responsible. Make those who are in the industry responsible. Mm. And then keep legislative oversight. Let them answer to the Parliament of India. Let them answer to the Lok Sabha. Let such a regulator answer questions like the Ofcon does to the House of Commons, right? This is authority without responsibility. What TRAI has is an extraordinary case. And it has failed and floundered every time. 
So the next point, Parikosh of Tri's uh, consultation is what steps should be taken to ensure that proper television channels remain accessible to the large segment of viewers? Should there be a ceiling on the MRP of pay channels? I mean, what's with these guys? Yeah, there is a there is a simple solution. Get out of the way. <laughs> and and the good news is that through the through the platform that you've created through Media Brief, mm. I think we have an honest commentator on the state of play. Right? We need somebody who has the fearlessness of you know sort of journalistic courage to say that we tell you like we see it. We get all the points of view and we bring them to you. Correct. That's what you do. Absolutely. That's what you do well. And it's therefore you've chosen this task. It's not an attractive task. You are going to bring opprobrium upon yourself by the mere fact of doing this. Of course. Right? So the fact that you're doing it is to me courageous journalism. And I applaud that. Right. Okay. But therefore, I'm going to use your forum to say very politely, like I said, with folded hands. <laughs> Go ahead. Boss, thank you for your services. Yeah. Thank <laughs> you for serving services. Now, please find a successor. Right. आपका रिटायरमेंट आ गया आपको हम अच्छी सी पार्टी देंगे हम सब जश्न मनाएंगे जोरदार जश्न मनाएंगे चार शहरों में जाके मनाएंगे चलिए लेकिन उसके बाद में आप सेवा निवृत्त हो जाइए और किसी और को जो इसके काबिल है उसको यहाँ पे अपनी जगह पे लेके उसे ट्राई करने दीजिए ट्राई साहब गुड वन It's really not a laughing matter, uh, Paritosh. And I'm also definitely going to the OHD whenever it comes out. And I hope to see you there too, uh, Paritosh. And, you know, let's talk to everybody out there and say, look, it's high time that we stop this mauling of the broadcast and now even the distribution and through them because of all the nonsense that's happening of the consumer's interests, right? That's the only thing that should matter. Absolutely. That's the only thing that should matter. Okay, one more thing. Should there be ceiling on the discount on some of a la carte prices of channels forming part of bookies? You know, like should there be a ceiling on the discount on how much discount you can charge on the sum of prices of channels forming parts of bookies while fixing MRPs of bookies by broadcasters? That's what a try wants to know. And if it's asked that, if so, what should be the appropriate methodology to work out the permissible ceiling on discount? Permissible ceiling on discount? I mean, can you? I I just shake my head at the audacity of this suggestion or even the thought entering their minds and then they say what should be the value of such ceiling uh will they also impose a cap on the shoe size of people who work in the industry <laughs> will they also impose uh, a limit on the you know engine capacity of the internal combustion engine that you can get to drive if you work in this industry <laughs> i mean you know the the thing is this that you know somewhere <laughs> along the line it starts by being earnest then it turns ludicrous then mm. all that you can do is look at it from a distance and say all right maybe they have completely lost it mm. maybe they need help you know that's what you say right these days yeah it's just try being try frankly after all these years can they stop trying <laughs> good lord the puns will also get as bad as them soon <laughs> this was a good one though. such is life another thing yeah another thing try has asked is <laughs> you have to think of new words and ways of <laughs> responding paritosh but it said should channel prices in bookies be homogenous if yes what should be an appropriate criteria for ensuring homogeneity in pricing the channels 
to be the part of the same bouquet and if no what measure should be taken to ensure an effective a la carte choice etc etc let's do this mm. let's just put you know recently there has been a lot of sort of smoke and fire mm. about uh, multiple channel numbers for the same channel uh, landing pages and you know multi spotting and all that Correct. let's do it let's just solve this problem forever let's put doordarshan on 500 channels right channel 1 doordarshan channel 2 doordarshan channel 300 doordarshan channel 481 doordarshan channel 499 doordarshan channel 500 doordarshan homogenize the whole lot be done with it just kill the sector already you know why bother you know instead of a death of the thousand cards mm. it's more humane to say wait a minute we are going to kill the industry mm. but we are going to kill it in one fell swoop all right you are gone you're over you're finished right that's it god okay and and just for try to smell the damn coffee which it doesn't seem to have smelt or gotten a whiff of in the last 25 years paritosh just mention a summary back of the envelope of the size of the sector the kind of jobs the amount of contribution it makes and you know the value and the size in terms of creative economy content economy just just tell try that this is what you are out to kill you know with both those swords in in both your arms like a marauding moor so what we know hmm. what we know empirically this is not i'm not making this stuff yep. empirically we know that when economies transition from low income to middle income hmm. right the entertainment sector starts getting into whole digits instead hmm. of being fractional part of digits hmm. right hmm. as you grow you start going to first 1% 1.5% to when you are at the size of the united states Uh, economy it's more than 2% of the gdp of the united states of america mm. right mm. at the least we should benchmark ourselves to somebody like indonesia where it is already over 1% mm. right mm. if this was to be the case in india and let's say that we are aspiring to be a 5 trillion dollar economy mm. then if we said that we were we we are going to be 1.5% uh, of that mm. right that's a 70 and a half billion dollar business hmm. that's how it should be hmm. if we were to be a 5 trillion dollar economy hmm. at 3 trillion dollars hmm. scale it down to that you know at least 1% yeah so at least 30 billion absolutely right? now how long are you going to keep suffocating this how many how many years longer do you want to keep throttling it hmm. right there's an economic opportunity every single significant conference which routinely has tri representatives interview ministry representatives senior politicians in the room the talking voices of this industry tell them hmm. that you know aap log zara ye samjhiye ki ye bahut bada ho sakta hai isme lakhon karodon logon ko isme aamdani mil sakti hai aur isme se aapke gdp ko bahut labh ho sakta hai hmm. it's been said Hmm. If you read the speeches made to, for example, by Frames keynote speakers over the last 15 years, hmm. they say the same thing over and over and over ad nauseum. None of it makes any difference. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. So you hear it and say, "Yeah, I think I heard this before." Yeah, true. So how long are we going to be stuck in this crazy rut? You know, somewhere along the line. And I'm, you're right. I'm not saying that. don't protect the interests of the consumer but i don't think there's anything socialistic about it i think it's in the self interest of those people who are content creators mm. to ensure that their content reaches the consumer absolutely nobody wants their content to be so exclusive that nobody will watch it exactly you know i want to i want to watch satyajit rai's ghore baire mm. you know i want to be able to watch 
uh, and Audrey Hepburn film like My Fair Lady. Mm. I want to be able to watch it on a platform over here. I want to be able to watch Divar when I feel like it. Mm. I want to be able to watch Mehel when I feel like it. Can I right now? Does a broadcaster offer me that opportunity? No, they don't. Mm. Why not? Because there's no economic model in it. Absolutely. About time that you said that, wait, you know, we keep saying we have great stories to tell. Mm. Recently, we had a bunch of people going and saying it in Cannes mm. that we have many stories that we can tell. Right, we can tell the stories so long as the people who are involved, and I'm not talking about the big flagship production houses and the big flagship broadcasters. Mm. Right? If somebody like you should decide that, you know, a podcast is not all that you want to do, you want to become a filmmaker. Mm. You want to make documentaries. Mm. You know what? You'll go nuts trying to find the economics for it. Because today, the market does not support it. Why does the market not support it? Because the revenue opportunities, the monetization opportunities don't exist. Because the primary monetization opportunity is through these 400 million homes that you spoke about. Mm. And those 400 million will become 500 million and they'll become 600 million. You know why? Because the the average family size is shrinking. So Mm. instead of having one screen for five people or seven people, which it used to be 20 years ago, Mm. that screen became for four people. Now the screen is for two and a half people. The reason why we are adding screens faster than our population growth is because the average household size is diminishing. This will continue in years to come. But you need to be able to ensure Mm. that those who wish to create entertainment, who wish to create information, who wish to create news, have the ability to do so and can be fairly compensated for it. Absolutely. You know what? We have been hearing Mm. through various governments in the last many years Mm. that the burden of compliance should come down. It should be easy to do business, Mm. not difficult to do business. Mm. Right? Mm. It's inconceivable that the TRAI doesn't know this. This is the uh, the announced policy of the government of India Mm. that we want to make the practice of doing business easy. Right? There is one particular regulator in this country which is bent upon making uh, business difficult. Absolutely. By making compliance impossible. Yeah. So, TRAI's regulations, if anybody attempted to even understand what is going on and then, you know, try to ensure that every little dot has been dotted and every T has been crossed and every I has been dotted, they'll never be able to do anything. Mm. They'll be absolutely catatonic by the time they try to figure out, boss, iska matlab hi kya hai, yaar? Mm. <laughs> so, you're leaving this industry catatonic. Yeah. You know, we are now a deer in headlights because there comes a time when you're saying that this alphabet soup which you keep pouring onto us, mm. we don't understand it anymore. We don't know why you're doing it. And it's just another iteration of a complete never-ending list of documents that keeps foisting on us. So, Paritosh, thank you very much indeed. I think I really found a lot of insights uh, in your assessment and, you know, the anecdotes that you've come out with uh, to illustrate all the thoughts and the points that you had to make about try and about the monstrosity, my word, called try, which has been suffocating and is hell-bent on choking the damn life out of the broadcasting sector, especially the linear broadcasting sector and the content economy in India. So, as you said, ultimately, and you've always been a proponent of self-regulation and everybody coming together for the interests of all the important stakeholders with the consumers or viewers right at the top. So, I think it's going to be very important that every stakeholder, all the three most important uh, links in this chain of the broadcasters plus the content creators, the distributors, and ultimately even the viewers should now rise and say, 
we don't want this regulation that just completely limits my choice as a consumer of the number of channels i can watch you know they are voting with their wallets already pavan the consumer holds the ultimate tool in her hand absolutely she can deny you your revenue because she is fed up of the way that the system is functioning so the consumer is going to vote with her wallet she is already voting with her wallet you know we don't like to use the term cord cutting in this country mm. it's a little un- uneasy kind of a term to use but hey you know it's a matter of time uh, the consumer is going to say that boss jab ispe sab kuch milta hai to main ye karti kyun aap mujhe ye batao paritosh you know there are some top ott platforms in the us in canada indian ones which have actually completely cut off the entire mso system of terrestrial broadcast terrestrial distribution it only goes through their apps and now they just cut that entire ecosystem out what is to stop a broadcaster from saying why do i just not go directly to them you know through my app what happens to the entire ecosystem on the ground like i said they are voting with their feet and they are voting with their wallets it's happening now right you're not talking about a speculative future here this is not science fiction not at all not at all and cord cutting yes it's happening even though it's happening very slowly but it is happening for sure never mind if there were 500 million uh, ott apps downloaded uh, in all their lifetimes completely so far and there might be only 50 to 60 million paying subscribers there it's a small percentage there are about 50 to 60 million households or non television households that are, still have to become first tv homes so you know there is a lot of scope for both the ott space and the linear broadcasting space to grow but for this monster in the middle which is completely blind and completely illogical called try i think nto2 and try both need to really be shown the door that's my considered view on this paritosh parting um assessment summary of try they didn't ask for it right it was foisted on them mm. so to that extent i only have sympathy right what happens is that when you are asked to do something which you are not really capable of uh, you think that if anybody is criticizing you you need to double down and refuse to go away right mm. because i'm going to try harder so i'll keep trying harder and harder but the point is this that you are misinformed on day 1 on day uh, 7500 you are still misinformed right so mm. it's what einstein said right uh, if you do the same thing you can't expect a different result mm. so we have been doing the same thing and hoping that things will turn out differently honestly we should not bear them any grudges you know they thought at the time when they were given the job mm. they thought that they were performing a noble public service right all regulators believe about themselves that they are performing a noble public service basically what nobody has been able to tell try in as many words is that you are now doing a public disservice right and it's about time that you cut our losses right and get out of our faces please don't do any more disservice you know we will thank you for the whatever you did until now <laughs> we'll be very very generous in our appreciation of whatever it is that you did but now ab to jaan chhodo yaar this is a very from the heart message to try 
Right, Paritosh, I actually could vent a lot and <laughs> thank you for your views on try. You've been far kinder than I have been in 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 I mean I've been far far more direct and a, a little more unkind than you have in my expression. But ultimately I think both of us think the same, though I would never dare to speak for you. Nevertheless, I have loved this conversation, enjoyed all the wonderful insights from so much of experience that you bring. It's been a pleasure talking to you. What did you think of our chat so far? Uh, so, Pavan, first of all, you know, it's a heroic effort to do this week on week, to call people, to make interesting conversations happen. So, what you're doing with Master's Voice, what you're doing with Media Brief is indeed extremely laudable work. And I've always said that it's heroic that you're doing it. Uh, it's brilliant that it has gathered momentum. is brilliant that you know you're growing your audiences that more and more people are hearing about these things because these are frequently abstruse issues right these are not issues that are easy to talk about they're not easy to sort of unpeel or unpack for people so what you're doing is a an incredibly valuable service for the industry generally what tends to happen is industry outlets become hegeographies <laughs> right you have chosen to stay clear of that you've chosen to stay on the side of the angels on this one you're doing what needs to get done you're doing good honest journalism and for which you know i think uh, all the encomiums that you get are well deserved i think the awards that you're winning are an acknowledgement of that fact and i hope that you know when you come to your 156th episode <laughs> that uh, you'll still find a little bit of time for me <laughs> there will always be time for you paritosh you are not just a dear friend but someone i really look up to and pavan it's always a treat to talk to you that was paritosh joshi principal at provocateur advisory my wonderful friend and amazing guest on this episode of mvp the masters voice podcast on mediabrief.com i hope you enjoyed our discussion i don't know if it was so much of enjoyment as perhaps a lot of uh, resentment that might have sort of been evoked from all the years of this complete meddlesome regulation by try of the broadcast in a broadcast industry and uh, well i sincerely hope that you will also express yourselves and try and get on to the ohd the uh, discussion that try will definitely put up to discuss the nto2 and its impact on the basis of the consultation paper Till we meet again in the next episode of the Masters Voice podcast series on MediaWeek.com. This is your host and friend Pavan Arjavla saying, take care, stay safe, bye bye.